Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Hello. What's up? Not too much. It's a beautiful weekend. Yep. Ready to do some podcasting. And it's an exciting night tonight. It is an exciting night. We're having uh, our granddaughter over for her second ever sleepover. Her third ever sleepover, her second at our house. Correct. We're excited to have Miss Ellie Ann spend the night tonight. Oh, yeah. So, you're a week out from your marathon. How you feeling? Yes, um, I'm feeling good. Still monitoring the weather conditions down in Gulf Coast. It's hard to say what the temperature's going to be. Weather's Let's get real. You don't care about temperature. You're looking at the wind. Wind condition. <laughs> I'm interested in that. My uh, pacing strategy is going to fluctuate based on whether it's a headwind or a tailwind. Yep, that's a good idea. So I'm kind of over sulking about it being sold out. I'm happy to just not be racing next weekend. So I noticed in the race guide that came out yesterday, they're saying no spectators. Oh, well, I'll just hang out and... So I'm not sure how that's going to work. you got an open road for 25, 26 miles. There's probably going to be a few spectators out there. Yeah, there'll probably be a few runners out there that are just, you know, out for a run that day. Could be. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. And, you know, they still have a week to cancel it. (laughs) They certainly do, but I feel like they're doing all the proper coordination with the public health officials and the government officials to make sure it's a safe event. Yep, it'll be fun. So while you're spectating or Or doing a casual run along the way, I'm hoping you'll take some pictures and we'll make a future blog post about the Gulf Coast Marathon experience. In case anybody wants to run it next year. We will give our review and let everybody know. Let's jump into today's topic, which is going to be on nutrition. We alluded to it a little bit when you interviewed me in podcast three, and I know a lot of people are interested in proper nutrition and trying to solve that puzzle for themselves, so I thought maybe today would be good for us to delve into that topic a little bit. I know it's a topic that I have been interested in for years. Just want to kind of share some things that have worked for us and some of our athletes. I think it'll be good. I do too. Well, before we jump into the nutrition topic itself, I thought I would start with a Bible verse that I think is relevant. It's 1 Corinthians 10:13. No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Yeah, that's a great verse. Yeah, I think it, it, it applies to a lot of areas of our life where we're tempted. In this particular 
podcast episode, we're talking about food, but it could be a lot of different things. It could be. So when when we're working with our athletes, we have mentioned before that most of them are extremely type A. And if we put a workout in Training Peaks, they are going to do the workout. Even if it's a day that they're over fatigued and maybe should have let us know and we should have adjusted it. It seems to be easy for type A athletes to stick to the running plan. But not so easy when it comes to proper nutrition. So I got to thinking about that, wondering the reason why it's easy to lace up our shoes or stick on our swim cap or clip in our bike, why it's easy to go do that if it's in training peaks. But then it's hard for us to put in our mouths what's going to actually fuel us properly to support those activities. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? It's easy to look at the plan that your coach has laid out for you. You know you're going to get up. You're going to do it before work, after work, but eating, there's so many variables in that. The quantity you're going to eat, the food choices you're going to eat, what you have in the refrigerator, what restaurants are close by. There's just so many variables that impact what you're going to put in your body. Yeah, I think it might boil down to failing to plan what you're going to eat. I know if we have the right food in our refrigerator and in our pantry, It's very easy for me to go and put together the healthy things that I should be eating. If we haven't planned ahead, then it's a lot easier to get in the car and go to a drive-thru and get things that either we don't know what the nutritional value is in what we're eating, or we don't care and we just eat all the things. (laughs) I'm sure you've heard the saying, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about how convenient it is now in our pandemic environment to order your groceries online, schedule a time to pick them up, and just go get them. How much easier is that than the way we used to operate, where we'd go to the grocery and we'd walk through aisle after aisle, we'd pick up the things we really needed, we'd pick up some things that we just wanted but probably didn't need. So being able to plan our grocery visits online and just picking it up. I think that's helped us with our food choices. Right. I think it's been nice, especially the store that we use, and it's probably like this with all the stores, that you can actually create a list, and you can go to that list and just throw it all into your cart. And as long as you're not putting the Oreos in your list, it's going to be a pretty good week as far as eating. Yeah, and I would say for you and I, we've become pretty patterned in our eating. I eat basically the same thing every morning. I eat basically the same thing at lunch, and then we mix things up in the evening, but we don't have a huge variety in what we eat at home. Right, and I agree with that. And sometimes we do. We have our family over here during the pandemic. It's just our son and wife and grandbaby and our daughter and my mom. We do order food that day, but even then we try to pick things on the menu that will fuel us rather than just stuff us with empty calories. So my go-to meal when we're ordering at a restaurant or getting it to go is salmon, potato, and broccoli. It's my go-to meal because just about every restaurant, except for fast food restaurants, has that and I just like the taste. Yeah, you enjoy fish way more than I do, but I will eat salmon occasionally. 
Yeah. You remember what your grandmother used to say? I'm afraid to know. <laughs> she said, everybody needs to eat fish at least once a week. She did. She also used to say, beans, beans, the musical fruit, but we won't go into that. <laughs> My grandmother was awesome. I loved her. Yeah. But anyway, um, just kind of getting a little bit more into this. If you started swimming and biking and running or one of those as an adult, chances are you did it to get in shape. And a lot of people do that because they have a goal and they want to lose weight. And at first, it really works. You increase your activity. The weight starts falling off. This happened with me when I made my New Year's resolution to run a 1,000 miles in a year. The weight started coming off, but it plateaued quickly. What, what you don't realize is you start increasing that calorie burn, but then all of a sudden, you start thinking, oh, I, I ran today or I biked today so I can eat more food. Mm-hmm. You can, but you'd be surprised. For me, if I go out on a three-mile run, I burn a different amount of calories than if you go out on a three-mile run, just our gender differences and weight and height. But I'd say there would be a range on an easy three-mile run day of maybe 250 to 450 calories burned, depending on the person. So I come home and maybe I've burned 250 calories and I decide, well, I can eat chocolate cake today. You have any idea, I'll look this up, you have any idea what just a little average small slice of chocolate cake and the number of calories? No, I wouldn't be able to guess. 510. So that would be more than six miles for me. <laughs> and I, I think that's what happens is a lot of people who begin exercising then compensate and maybe reward themselves a little bit with more food and so quickly what started as a weight loss journey athletes get frustrated and start gaining weight i'll see it out on a facebook post somebody will post anybody else gain weight during marathon training well a lot of people respond yes if you're gaining weight during marathon training then you're it i mean it's simple math calories in and calories out pretty much i mean that there's a lot more to it, but that's the simple mm-hmm. equation of it. So I, I know from personal experience for myself that when I was training 20 hours a week for Ironman, I was eating a lot because I was burning a lot and I wasn't tracking calories. I'd never had to track calories because my metabolism has been really high, but I did gain weight during my Ironman training years and you know, some of it may have been muscle because I was working more than just my legs, which I had done most of my life. But as I was in my later 40s and early 50s, it could be that my metabolism was slowing down. I've started trying to be a, more cautious of the quantity and quality of food that I've been eating. Right. And I think the key is quality. And just to put it into perspective, those of you listening to this that know Dean, <laughs> you know he's a small guy. Like, he still weighs less than he weighed when he graduated from high school. But when you're going to race and try to cone qualify, you can't have a lot of extra bulk on you. So you were pretty good about keeping mm-hmm. track of that. And I've seen others, family members, friends who have struggled with weight. And at a reasonably early age, I just I set a benchmark in my mind 
that if I ever got to this weight, I was going to take action and start addressing it before it got out of hand. So when I got to that point, and I did, <laughs> then I started making better choices. Yeah. I think in general, the American culture views food as a form of entertainment. If a buddy calls and wants you to do something, you guys almost always have a meal around it. Or if friends of ours want to get together, we almost always plan a meal around it. And so it's the same thing with me and you when we go out on a date night. It's usually involving a restaurant. That's true. So fueling in and of itself is a lot of times more social than purposeful. So I think that's probably another reason that people struggle a little bit with proper fueling, especially to support endurance training. You have to have the right nutrition. I think I told you this, but I'm going to tell you again. I was driving home the other day and listening to the radio and the guy was saying that they opened subways in Ireland and that Ireland does not consider the bread that Subway serves. They do not classify it as bread. They classify it as a pastry because the sugar content is so high in Subway bread. Did I tell you that? That's quite surprising because <laughs> we think of Subway as being the healthy choice for fast food and it's one of my favorite fast food restaurants. I typically do get the salad, but their bread is really good. Yeah, and for me, I'm indifferent to Subway because I can't eat bread anyway just because of my gluten intolerance. But I don't know. It's just interesting. We think if we go to Subway as opposed to McDonald's that we're getting healthy food. And it's advertised as health food on television. Yeah, Jared, wasn't that his name? <laughs> Is that his name? That walked to Subway every day and lost... Hundreds of pounds. Yeah. Wonder what old Jared's up to these days. I don't know. Might have to Google that. So even athletes that have no struggle with weight gain can also sabotage themselves with poor eating habits. I know you and I have a friend. He's been a runner forever. He's been to Boston. Great athlete. Great guy. And he actually ended up having a quadruple bypass heart surgery in his 50s. And if you talk to him, he'll just tell you it was from driving through fast food restaurants and eating cookies and just putting the wrong things in his mouth decade after decade. Yeah, and this is a person who tries to run every day, and he had accumulated over 10 consecutive years without missing a day running at least three miles a day. Pretty impressive. So he has restarted his streak. I don't know where he's at yet. He gets after it every day. He does. Very, very faithful. You've probably heard the phrase, you cannot outrun the fork. So whether it be weight gain or underlying health issues, I think this is absolutely true. I think there's absolutely no amount of exercise that will compensate for poor nutrition. I know you and I as coaches, we like to make suggestions with our athletes for proper fueling. We don't take over and prescribe meals for them necessarily unless they really reach out to us and ask because sometimes food choices can be fairly personal for our athletes and if they don't want us in that business we don't push the issue but we do kind of ask them sometimes if they're not feeling well on a workout we'll kind of ask we'll go back and can you kind of think about what you ate this week and 
how did you sleep this week because workouts don't happen in isolation they happen within the confines of your entire life which includes fatigue at work it includes stress stress sleep habits and definitely nutrition was it all the donuts this week (laughs) (laughs) you don't eat donuts no i don't eat donuts but that doesn't mean i wouldn't want to but i guess the bottom line is if you're going to work so hard to do all the swimming, all the running, all the biking, all the training, then why wouldn't you want to take that extra step and fuel your body to support that so that you can gain the maximum amount of fitness from all that hard work? Part of the reason why people struggle in that area is because it interferes with life. Like we said earlier, eating is social. Putting some restraints around eating may impact one's social life. Right. So I thought maybe I'd walk a little bit through what we created for one athlete. Again, we don't get into this with our athletes unless it's something that they invite us to do and then we're happy to help in this area too. But if we do have an athlete that wants us to work with them on nutrition, we have to start with where they are currently. So we'll ask things like, keep a journal and let us know what are you going to eat or what did you eat over the last two weeks or will eat. It just depends on whether they're already journaling or need to journal. But we need to know the current eating habits. We need to know if they have allergies because can't have the peanut butter if you have the peanut allergy. My boyfriend loves peanut butter. I do love peanut butter. <laughs> Almond butter, nuts. He is a nut. That's why. We also like to know their favorite foods. We're not going to prescribe them salmon if they don't like fish. We like to know favorite foods. We like to know if they're having issues with weight gain or weight loss or if they're just simply thinking that they could maximize their performance by putting the correct macros in their body. So do they have digestive issues on the run? I know that sometimes a difficult problem to resolve. We also like to know their current hydration habits, which... I must say, if anybody has good current hydration habits, that's you. So my hydration routine, I get up in the mornings and I have uh, one bottle, which is a liter of water with breakfast. Then I go for my run or, or whatever exercise I'm doing. When I get back, I'll drink another liter before lunch. I'll drink another liter with lunch. And then sometime after lunch and before I go to bed, I'll, I'll drink my fourth liter of the day. And sometimes it's just really hard to get that fourth bottle in. Somebody once told me that some of the aches and pains that I have experienced while exercising may have an easy solution, and that was to drink more water. So I've heard this all throughout my life, drink more water, drink more water. And I made the decision that day when I was on a run with this person I'd really never met before, I'm going to start drinking more water. And so that's been going on several years, and praise the Lord, I've been reasonably healthy. And I like water. And I think drinking that much water reduces the volume of food I eat, which is helping me stay in in the weight range that I want to be. Yep, and you do a great job with it. So a few of the things we, we like to find out about our athletes Do they currently have certain dietary restrictions, either self-imposed or for medical reasons? Some athletes are vegan, some are somewhat keto. Some of them tend to lean toward intermittent fasting. 
we like to know their cravings. Of course, height and weight help us if we're going to actually customize some meal planning for them. We have to know things like that. Once the baseline data has been established, then we can start working on some fuel plans. And again, we want our athletes to have input into this, but most importantly, we want them to feel like they're fueled properly. We don't want athletes feeling like they're hungry. We never talk about dieting. We always talk about proper fueling and mm -hmm. proper nutrition. And it's different for every person. I know what you eat is nothing at all like what I eat, except in the evenings we typically eat very similar. But you have things you like. I have things I like. But individually, they are quality foods that fuel our bodies to do what we do. Yeah. And, you know, anybody can read books and figure out for themselves what works. It's not proprietary information. There are a bunch of infomercials out there that make you think, oh, buy this product and your weight problems will be solved. It doesn't work that way. We don't sell any products. We don't endorse any particular brand of product. There are probably some good products out there, and we do mention to our athletes, here is the brand of spaghetti sauce we use, and here is why we use it. But it's not based on because it's that brand. It's based on because we look at the ingredients, and it's all fresh ingredients and zero sugars and that type of thing. I thought we bought it because it was delicious. It is delicious. I was <laughs> going to give a shout out to Raos. R-A-O-S. That is the bomb when it comes to spaghetti sauce, let me just tell you. And for my friend who works at the <laughs> ragu plant, I like ragu as well. Okay. <laughs> it is tasty. <laughs> Raos, people. <laughs> anyway, really, once you know the premise of nutrition and macros and you've read it it's really basic math but a lot of our athletes just don't want to fool with it they don't want to read all the books they don't want to know okay here's how much i weigh and here's my height and here's my exercise for the week they don't want to figure out meals that properly fuel that so we don't mind to do that math for them and help them with that now what we can't do what we can do is give them a suggested meal plan for the week we can't come over and feed them. It's up to them what actually they put in their mouth. And those yeah. chocolate chip cookies are probably pretty tempting. <laughs> I know we spent a, a few dollars on a food scale, and that's just been really helpful to, to measure portion sizes and figure out the calories, the, the carbs, the proteins, the fats. But that's really the best way to know the volume of food that you're eating. And that's worked out well for us. Yeah, that was a good purchase. I think that was actually, I think Jacob, our son, actually purchased one first and then you ordered one. Or I did. I don't remember. Yeah. We, we ordered one. We did one. it. <laughs> and I think I use it more than you do now because I think nutrition is harder for me than you. Like I mentioned earlier, I had reached that benchmark weight that I said I never wanted to cross. <laughs> and so I started measuring all my food, tracking my activity calories, my intake calories, and over time, half a pound here, half a pound there, my weight got back down to where I wanted it to be, to where I felt like 
I should be, as an athlete, wanting to be competitive. But now that I'm at this level and my activities remaining somewhat consistent, I don't track my food. I don't weigh it. But there again, I, I eat the same thing almost every day. I do too, but I track my food every day still. And the reason why is, is because if I don't track it, I'm not as disciplined as you are. I tend to throw in things I shouldn't if I'm not being accountable to myself of everything I'm putting in my mouth. So for me, it, it really helps to track it. But kind of changing gears a little bit, I thought it might be helpful for our listeners if we actually kind of went through a sample of a meal plan for one of our athletes. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. All right. So I won't say a whole lot except based on her height, weight, her activity level outside of workouts. Does she have a sit-down job or is she out digging ditches, that type of thing? We work to establish a baseline number of calories for her, which is 1,650 calories per day. That's if she just has her normal day and that doesn't include any workouts so that would be baseline uh, we also worked with her to determine what worked with her as far as her macro percentage her percentage carbohydrate her percentage protein her percentage fat and what was going to work for her there's a lot of factors that go into this and it's not a perfect science either you just kind of have to tweak it and watch it over time and see what works but for her it landed around 45 percent carbohydrate 40 percent protein 15 percent fat and i'm not at all recommending that for every person for me it's different for me it's more around 40 percent carb 30 percent protein and 30 percent fat you with your metabolism and what you do you can easily get away with 55 percent carbs you have a low fat too and i think you do that intentionally based on the cholesterol thing so mm -hmm. yours might run more around 55 percent carb 30 percent protein i try to eat a lot of healthy fats throughout the day avocados almonds and avocados I'll take fish oil supplement yeah so anyway all this varies for each athlete so i don't want anyone listening to this think oh my goodness i need to eat 40 percent protein Per day or whatever because that may not work for you it's very dependent on a lot of factors that won't get all scientific today so anyway, i'm just gonna this might be a little bit boring but i'm gonna kind of briefly run through just one day of meals because what was shocking to her and this landed her around 44 percent carb 39 percent protein and 16 percent fat for the day but her meal plan for breakfast was zero fat plain Greek yogurt with a banana and cinnamon and some Genio turkey bacon, which that's not a advertisement. It's just that brand is where I pulled the calories. Mm -hmm. So I try to be specific to what brand we're actually consuming because especially with packaged food, one brand can vary greatly over another with the amount of calories. And then a morning snack of a honey let me tell you if you have not discovered honey crisp apples you have not had an apple those are the best apples they're in the delicious no oh, i love them they, not, they, not to be confused with red delicious because that's um, a brand these are honey crisp apples and they're like eating dessert right so honey crisp apples and then maranatha makes an almond butter that has no sugar or no salt added it's pretty expensive but it's very healthy 
if you don't have time to buy your own almonds and put them in a food processor for hours to make your own <laughs> make your own almond butter I think it's the easiest to just go into the grocery store and get so that was our snack two tablespoons of almond butter and a large honey crisp apple for lunch a homemade chicken salad with grilled skinless chicken four and a half ounces of that a cup of grapes a cup of celery two tablespoons of a little bit healthier dressing it's actually in the refrigerated produce section in most grocery stores it's mozzarella ranch dressing and it's got healthier ingredients in it and then crunch master sea salt crackers it's a little protein cracker crunch master makes several types of crackers but they actually make a protein cracker that was really helpful for this athlete because she needs protein so and she got 32 of those crackers of course they're a little tiny they're about the size of a cheese it i mean they're, <laughs> they're not huge so and then for a snack a brownie crunch think bar and i am pretty much addicted to brownie crunch think bars <laughs> we do go through them in our house but they have 20 They're grams tasty. of they have 20 grams of protein and no added sugar so if you like chocolate some people don't like chocolate which is beyond bizarre to me but beth benjamin if you're listening i love you but i can't believe you don't like chocolate <laughs> <laughs> so it's a high protein snack and then for dinner, this person does like fish. So six ounce grilled salmon, steamed broccoli, a cup of steamed broccoli, a cup of steamed cauliflower, and half a cup of baked sweet potato. And all that comes in at her 1650 of calories, 1650 calories, and hits her macros. And this is just on a day that she doesn't work out. So if she works out, then we would either have to add some foods in there or increase quantities, maybe eight ounces of salmon instead of six ounces and maybe six ounces of chicken breast instead of four and a half ounces. So the, these definitely need to be tweaked on your workout days to fuel for your workouts. That's a lot of food. It is a lot of food. And that was her comment. She's like, well, wait a minute, this is more food than I have been eating, and my goal is to shed 10 pounds. But it actually, although it is more food, if you're eating the right foods, you can eat so much more food. If you eat chocolate cake, that's 510 calories. You've gotten zero nutritional value. I know when I was in middle school home ec, that was called empty calories. Yes, so for this person, that would be a, a third of her daily eating. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, that chocolate cake. And then still be hungry. She wasn't hungry at all. She was eating fewer calories. She was eating way more food. I mean, that was just her comment. Like, I can't even believe it. Like, at the end of the day, I almost can't even eat all the food that's on the list. But when you eat healthy, it's just amazing the difference. And then, of course, for hydration, we encourage water, 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 water with meals, between meals. If you're feeling... Even with all this, if for some reason you are not feeling satiated, you're probably dehydrated. You probably need hydration. She likes her caffeine, so she does still consume black coffee and occasionally some unsweetened tea. Yeah, I think it, I think it really helped her to see it on paper to go, oh, well, that is way more food than mm -hmm. I typically eat. And fewer calories and tasty. 
But anyway, as we learned of the foods that she's enjoyed, we can put together a lot of other meal plans too. But I just kind of wanted to run through just that sample. And we also have our athletes ask about, I call them fad-ish diets, F-A-D-D, like the, the latest fad, fad-ish diets. And then not in a demeaning way, but just to kind of say it's just not mainstream eating. It's the type of eating plan that people write books about and, and make money off of. Yeah, so it used to be the Atkins diet, and now it's keto, or some people do the intermittent fasting, and that really, like, I'm not saying it doesn't work for them. We try to work with our athletes within those things as well. I had, uh, I won't really say she was an athlete of ours. She was more of a training partner with me, and she was very much into intermittent fasting. So she would go 16 hours of her day without eating at all and then have an eight-hour window in which she would eat. And for her, it made her feel better. I would never say, well, don't do that. But what I would talk with her about and questions about, okay, when would you want to break that fast so that you could actually fuel your workout? She just had to tweak when the 16-hour fasting window ended so that she could properly fuel before and after her workouts. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And, of course, your doctor is always on you about your cholesterol, so you avoid red meat. Yeah, so my doctor, uh, very conservative, cautious, runs all the tests. For years now, my cholesterol has been a little bit high, and I'm often asked to take a statin and medicine choices are an individual's choices. I'm not recommending or or suggesting people not take medication, but for me, I wanted to try changing my eating to see if I could improve my cholesterol that way. And I went through a few years where I would eat better for a few months, get my cholesterol tested again, and it was better, great. Then throughout the rest of the year, I ate like normal, go get my cholesterol tested again, it's bad again, I'll eat healthy for a few months, well, I finally feel like I've developed that proper eating habit to where I'm feeling really comfortable about going into my annual physical in February and seeing what my numbers are. Right. Well, and you've already gone once, and yeah, it was a substantial difference. I think they told you that maybe with diet you could control it by 10 points, and I mean, you just off the charts. Yeah. It made a huge difference. I don't remember the numbers, but it puts you well within the healthy range just by eating, fueling properly. What I've chosen to do as part of my nutrition plan, I try to avoid red meat and cheese, although I love it when I splurge and, and have those. That's okay every once in a while. I stay away from the desserts and the junk food. I eat a lot of oatmeal for breakfast. I eat a lot of salad for lunch. My go-to dessert, you were talking about chocolate earlier. I, I like having 90% dark chocolate with <laughs> medjooled pitted dates. You've got the bitterness of that chocolate with the sweetness of the date, and it's just, it's like candy. <laughs> it's probably like candy because you don't eat candy. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of calories in, in the dates. I try to eat those in moderation, but 
that's a little bit about my eating plan, and, and I feel like my cholesterol is going to be good in February. We'll find out. So my doctor consistently tells me I have low iron, and so she wants me to eat lean red meat regularly. So a lot of times our our daily nutrition looks completely different, which I'm thankful that you're pretty independent and make your own meals like you don't wait on me to figure out what you're going to have for breakfast lunch and dinner and you're very self-sufficient with it yeah so we both have our grocery app on our phone anytime we can go in and add something to the shopping cart and then when it's convenient we just go pick it up Mm -hmm. and then we've got what we individually need to fuel our bodies yeah so for me i enjoy this aspect of coaching i really enjoy helping if the athlete wants it i really enjoy helping the athlete solve nutritional puzzles because i feel like it's something that has transformed my training and again in my interview i talked a little bit about my training journey as far as transitioning to getting off the couch and running to transitioning to half marathons marathons half ironman ironman And throughout all that, I really didn't get my nutrition right, except for when I was training with Ironman. I was just realizing my eating habits were not properly fueling me to to sustain the workouts that I was being prescribed each week. So that's when I really delved into studying and reading everything I could about nutrition and figuring out what works. And I do think it has help substantially with my performance to eat properly. I think that me qualifying for Boston the last, well, really the past three years now qualified for it. The training obviously is imperative, but I think tweaking my fueling is what really put me over the top to be competitive enough Mm -hmm. to do well. Yeah, well, the other aspect of eating healthy is you're going to sleep better if you're eating healthy and you're going to ward off sicknesses better if you're eating healthy and i was kind of wrap it up by saying this if you don't have a coach working with you on nutrition and you feel like you struggle in that area i would say your first step would be just take two weeks and journal and write down everything that you're putting in your mouth keep track of it keep track of it and put that beside your workouts And just kind of compare, well, here's what I ate, here's how I felt, here's what I ate, here's how I felt. And you can kind of start basically there. The obvious things are you know that processed foods and junk foods are not going to properly fuel you. I jokingly say it's best to stay on the perimeter of the grocery store because if you think about it, produce is on the perimeter of most grocery stores, the fresh meats are on the perimeter the fresh cashew milk or almond milk or yogurts and that type of thing those are on the perimeter if you go onto the inside aisles of a grocery store make sure you get really picky about the labels and read them Mm -hmm. that's my pro tip of the day probably safe going down the canned vegetable aisle yeah i mean that yes there's definitely some good things on the aisles I'm a fan of beans, so I like the bean aisle. He eats all the beans. Well, I'm not eating red meat, so I've got to get my protein. Yep. And it's 
not convenient to have fish every night. No. You had some quinoa last night. I think that has some protein in it. Mm-hmm. Quinoa and rayos. Quinoa and rayos. <laughs> little Himalayan pink salt and it's golden. <laughs> All right. Is that a wrap? I think so. I... Oh, I did want to say one more thing. You can journal paper and pencil, but I'll tell you where I journal my food is in the My Fitness Pal app. I love it because I can go in and I can put my height and weight, my activity level, that type of thing, and it will generate for me my baseline calories. And then it actually communicates with Garmin when I have a workout scheduled and run it through Garmin. It adjusts my calorie intake for the day. It won't tell me how to calculate what percent of protein I need, but I can go in and set up. Once I know that, I can set up the percent of carb, percent of protein, and the percent of fat that I target each day. And then I just enter my food. It's amazing. It has all the food in there. You can scan labels or you can search for food. And they have a paid version, but so far I've just used the free version. So I read all the ads and things. And that's where the food scale comes in handy to measure things and put those in MyFitnessPal. And one other aspect of MyFitnessPal you didn't mention, you can put your weight goal in there. It could be to maintain the current weight. It could be to lose half a pound a week. Or if you're into bodybuilding, maybe you're trying to gain weight. But that's a a nice way for uh, you to see what calories you need to bring in to help you reach your weight goals. I agree. And I would give you one last tip. Honestly, what I do is because for me, what's most important is to make sure I hit that 40% protein a day. If I stay within my calories and I try to consume them all but not exceed them, if I stay within my calories and I hit my grams of protein for the day, then I pretty much let the carbs and fat fall where they may because they usually hit about right anyway. But for me, the piece that's key for me is that 40% protein and staying within my calories. And the other piece of that is the fats that you do eat are healthy fats. Yes. So you've got healthy fats provide energy to your body. You've got healthy carbs that are providing energy to your body. Yes, I agree. And I love cashews. That's where I get the majority of my fat is from cashews. All right. Well, I think this is going to wrap up this podcast, and I've enjoyed it. If you found this podcast to be helpful, check out the RYREnduranceTeam.com website. We're posting a blog that covers this material. If you are listening and you want to kind of become a part of the conversation, or if you have podcast topics that you'd like us to cover in the future, if you go to Facebook and search for RYR Endurance Team, we have a group and we would love for you to join our group and become a part of the conversation. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.